The Prince is an infamous 16th century uh, political treatise written by this Italian philosopher, Niccolo Machiavelli. And in this book, The Prince, Machiavelli, he rather notoriously argued that it's better to, for a ruler to appear to be good than to actually be good. He said, you know, a ruler must have the reputation or appearance as a, as a generous and compassionate man, a, a pious and honest man, but when the situation calls for it, he must be willing to be um, stingy and cruel, duplicitous, irreligious, fill in the blank. He sees goodness, virtue, as a mask, if you will, a mask that can uh, be put on or taken off depending on the situation. In other words, Machiavelli is counseling rulers to be hypocritical. We often think of hypocrisy as uh, not practicing what you preach, and there's certainly a kernel of truth in that, but it runs much deeper. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines hypocrisy as feigning to be what one is not, or to believe what one does not. And this makes sense when we understand the origin of the word hypocrisy. It comes from a very similar Greek word, which meant an actor. In ancient Greece, actors would uh, put on these elaborate masks to signify uh, the role they were playing, the character they were playing. Over time, this Greek word hypocrites took on an additional meaning. Any person who wore a figurative mask, any person who put on a front uh, a display of goodness or virtue, Uh, to curry favor. And we see our Lord echo the understanding of hypocrisy as a figurative mask in our gospel today. He criticizes the Pharisees and scribes, charging them with hypocrisy. And he quotes Isaiah, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine human precepts. Jesus calls the Pharisees and scribes hypocrites for two reasons. First, because there is this division between how they present themselves externally and their interior life. You know, the worship of God they were offering was merely external. It was more or less for show. It was a mask, if you will. They were playing the part of sage and pious teachers of the law. The second reason he calls them hypocrites is because while they were playing that role of sage and pious teachers of the law, they flatly contradicted it. How so? Well, the law of Moses teaches that rituals for washing apply, are obligatory to the Levitical priests in the temple, but only the priests in the temple. The Pharisees expanded it and had it applied to all Jews throughout the world. So while they were playing this role as the sage teachers of the law, the authentic teachers of the law, they were presenting human customs as precepts of God. And so Jesus says, hear me and understand. Nothing that enters one from the outside can defile that person, but the things that come from within are what defile. And he lists all these sins, everything from greed and murder to adultery, blasphemy, on and on. And what Jesus is saying is this, that all these bad things he just listed, it originates in our hearts because we are fallen people living in a fallen world. We are sinners in need of his mercy. 
You know, this gives us an opportunity to talk about what is different between the hypocrite and the sinner, which would be uh, all of us are sinners. Hypocrisy is certainly a sin, but for the sake of argument, bear with me. The sinner realizes he's a sinner. He fights against temptation. He repents of his sin when he falls and he seeks God's mercy. Yes, he might fight temptation poorly. Yes, he might fail, maybe even often. But he refuses to make peace with sin. By contrast, the hypocrite has made peace with sin. The hypocrite refuses to repent and has grown comfortable wearing a mask, playing the role of the good man um, and taking it off when no one is watching. I heard a priest once say that the sinner may lose his way from time to time, but the hypocrite is one who has thrown away his compass. The antidote for hypocrisy is integrity. If hypocrisy is a division between how we present ourselves to the world and our interior state, then integrity is a unity between how we present ourselves and our interior life. Integrity is a wholeness of character without duplicity, a guilelessness. Now, an integrated person acknowledges reality that he or she has fallen and a sinner in need of God's mercy. Sometimes we do fall, and when that happens, we need to repent and seek God's mercy and continue to fight the good fight. If integrity is the antidote to hypocrisy, how do we grow in it? Well, first, we need to pray. And there's a beautiful line from Psalm 86 where the psalmist prays, Lord, give me an undivided heart to revere your name. Right? An undivided, an integrated heart to revere your name. We can and should make that simple prayer or another like it our own. And secondly, regular confession. I mean, in the end, the biggest difference between the sinner and the hypocrite is that the sinner repents. And here's the deal. Sin, if left unchecked, will make hypocrites of us all. But if we regularly acknowledge our sin and repent, and step by step, our Lord's grace and mercy will convert our hearts, will make us integrated men and women. Finally, in our second reading, St. James exhorts us to be doers of the word and not only hearers. And then he goes on to list two specific examples, uh, taking care of widows and orphans, In the Old Testament, widows and orphans would be like the classic example of a defenseless group of people. And then keeping oneself unstained by the world. So basically, he's saying we must love our neighbor, and especially those most vulnerable among us. And then keep ourselves unstained by the world. What does that mean? The world can be a very cynical place. There are certain segments of society where hypocrisy is seen as shrewd, whereas seeking to be an integrated and virtuous person is looked upon as hopelessly naive. We must not let the pessimism of the world harden our hearts. We do that by allowing God's revelation to form us, to change us, to mold our hearts rather than the ways of the world. There are many ways we open ourselves up to God changing, God's grace changing us, reading scripture, coming to adoration, praying the rosary, receiving Holy Communion. I mean, we could go on and on. All of these and more are opportunities to allow the word of God, to allow God's grace to form our hearts, to change and mold us, to convert us. You know, nothing is impossible for God. 
And if we persevere in prayer and repenting of our sins and seeking to allow God to form our hearts, then in his good time, he will convert us. He will turn sinners into saints.